with the hard shoulder on News Talk with Nissan. Together, let's play our part by staying apart. Nissan, innovation that excites. On Tuesdays, we wrap up the show by going on the couch, where we alternate between physical and mental health, and we get experts in to tell us about different conditions and what we need to do and what we need to watch out for. And today, it's a pleasure to be joined by a consultant cardiologist at the Beacon Hospital, Dr. Robert Kelly. But more than that, he is someone who is really into the preventative side of what we can do to avoid heart conditions. You're most welcome to the show, Robert. So you just want us to be on a treadmill and eating lettuce leaves? Is this what it's all about? I think that, uh, Ivan, what's important is watching the weight, watching what people eat, taking a degree of exercise, sleeping well at night and managing stress. And I think if everybody just makes a little bit of an effort, they'll achieve an awful lot. But what about the point? You know what I mean? Insofar as we're not here for a long time, we're here for a good time. How stringent do you need to have as a regime? Or can little steps, in other words, like I'm not going to run up Mount Everest at 60 years of age, but I do try and walk as much as I can. I mean, do do we, like, in other words, not everyone wants to be a gym bunny. I totally agree with you. Um, I find that actually helping patients, that it's much easier to encourage people to do something than to do nothing. So if you stay and spend your life sitting on a couch and do no activity at all, then you very significantly increase your risk of developing heart disease, strokes, cancer. Whereas if you do some degree of activity, which may, may mean you may start off just putting on a pair of runners every day. Or you may go as far as taking a walk or taking the stairs at work as an example but just actually doing something. And you'd be really surprised that if you just build up on that over a period of time, you'll actually increase what you do. So you could start off with a two-minute walk every day. And before you know it, you're quite likely to be maybe at 10 minutes. And, and, and as long as you continue with a habit like that over a period of time, you're much more likely to sustain it rather than, as you say, going up Mount Everest or doing something else like that unless you actually train to do that. Because I, I, I'm kind of serious about this because I, I, you know, with the COVID thing and you're entitled to your daily exercise during lockdown, I was out a lot and I see people of my own age or, or people that are certainly middle-aged and they're, they're, they're running and they look as if they're going to get a heart attack. They're as red as a beetroot. They're clearly in stress and so on. Like, is there such a thing as overdoing it? Well, I believe there is a question of overdoing it. I mean, I, like you, have observed people out over COVID. Um, A lot of people are exercising, but if you look at the same people, the weight may not have changed significantly, despite all the exercise. So a lot of people will probably try to compensate for their weight by doing a lot of exercise, uh, when the reality is you have to do something about the eating. So that ups your risk for having a heart attack. The other component is, as you rightly identify, a lot of people are under stress. And while exercise is very good for stress and it's very relaxing, uh, there is a balance to be had where the stress itself has to be dealt with, that the exercise doesn't make it all go away. And I suppose the other aspect of this is that some people have heart conditions. They have other medical illnesses. While there's not a lot to do during COVID and a lot of people just, the gyms are closed, so they go out and do all this over-exercising, I think you really have to look after your health and be careful that um, because if you don't do that, you could get into a nasty situation. So, you know, one of the major challenges during COVID is all those patients who have existing medical problems who don't have COVID, who 
Some were forced to stay away because of cocooning, so they couldn't come and see their cardiologist, as an example. And other people, through all the habits, unfortunately, have put themselves at high risk for having things like heart attacks and strokes. So they're the patients that I really, really encourage to present themselves to the doctor or come and see us in our chest pain clinic here in the hospital uh, because it's also important not to overlook those aspects of your health and try and compensate yourself by doing all the excessive exercise or the excessive dieting or whatever it might be. Who is at risk? The people who are at risk are people who are smoking, people who are drinking too much, people who well, are... Well, how does drinking affect your heart? So I've been drinking the I problem... I was told in... it was very important to have a glass of red wine every day and, and a pint of Guinness was good for your blood. Well, so the pint, the glass of red wine, rather than the pint of red wine, the glass of red wine is actually very good for your heart, uh, but it's one glass to two glasses every day of the week, and it's a total of 14 units. So that's two of the smaller wine glasses rather than the big, big wine glasses. And that's part of what we call the Mediterranean diet, which is very, very beneficial to your health. The problem in our country is lots of people don't stick to the 14 units. Some people like to do the 14 units on one night of the week. And, you know, for heart patients, which you see a lot of, particularly at the moment, is a lot of people not only are drinking too much, so the weight's going up from all the sugar in the alcohol, but the other aspect is lots of people are getting heart complaints, like heart palpitations in particular, uh, and, and presenting in, in to see people like me. Uh, okay, so what would be the chronic diseases like that, that could have an effect on your heart? Uh, would it be diabetes? What would it be? So diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol uh, would be the, 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 the primary. Oh, uh, I'm stuck uh, on 7.9. Well, that's too high. Well, I'm down from 9.7, but I mean, like, I think I'm naturally. When they put me on those Lipitors and so on, I mean, like, I, it was like my batteries came out after 11 days. Or, you know, what can I do? But I mean, you spoke about stress and anxiety. Tell me about that. So I tell you in the context of, of COVID, uh, what I find is very interesting is that older patients in particular who find when they've come out from cocooning um, are very panicked. They're very afraid that they bump into people who might have COVID and give it to them. And a lot of those patients are getting heart palpitations. The blood pressure, which was not a major issue, is becoming uncontrolled. And those patients have started to worry a lot. So they naturally will present to hospital uh, to, to see people. Um, the other aspect of the stress is the stress that comes with all the uncertainty about will this go away? What will be the financial implications? Am I out of work? Am I stuck in a routine at home? So all these things are very disruptive to people's usual routines and to people's futures. So a lot of people will either find that their blood pressure, their eating leading to diabetes, or they may develop cardiac symptoms like chest pain and shortness of breath. And all those patients should come and see us uh, in, in the cardiology department. They're the type of patients who shouldn't ignore these problems. Uh, so what is your to-do list? So my to-do list for patients is on the lifestyle aspect. Get a good night's sleep. Make sure you get more than six hours of sleep at night because less than six hours and sleeping more than nine hours hugely ups the risk of having a heart attack of the order of about 20% plus. So that's crucial. The big contribution to that is that you're not overeating. So if you want to eat, I very much go on the mantra, a little bit of everything is good for you. The emphasis is a little bit. Also, it's important to eat plenty of vegetables, small amount of fruit, hydrate yourself well with water, and smaller portions. And if you believe in fasting, that's absolutely fine. In terms of physical activity, any form of exercise is good for you. So if you're very busy, you're a frontline healthcare worker, up and down the stairs and work maybe as much as you can get. But if you can do that for 30 minutes in a day, 
five days a week. That's what you want to do as a minimal at a moderate pace. You do not need to go to the extreme, as we mentioned. And then in terms of uh, stress levels, I think you have to be able to deal with stress acutely by learning how to breathe. I think that's the most powerful thing. You do not need to go off and take on a yoga program online. You do not need to do the meditation. Simple things like learning how you're breathing just to relax yourself. Looking after your lifestyle, so looking after your sleeping, your eating, and your activity goes a long, long way to help you deal with stress, makes you more resilient. And ultimately, there are circumstances that you're going to have to deal with in life. If your kids are driving you mad at home and it's making you stressed out, well, then you're going to have to sit your kids down and explain to them what the situation needs to look like. Okay. I hear you're a behaviour designer. What's that on a cold Monday in in February? So my interest in behaviour design is about trying to help patients improve their health by changing their behaviours. So what I do is, as an example, with people who are smoking, is I try to design ways to get them off the cigarettes, uh, be it to take the approach that they smoke less, that they change the environments, they get rid of the ashtrays, they get rid of the cigarettes at home, uh, they substitute some of the behaviors with other things like drinking a glass of water or eating an apple. And then ultimately you work through, as I said, over time, because, you know, most people who use motivation to stop things don't sustain that. So most people who stop smoking have an awful habit of going back on it. So if you try to make the whole task of stopping smoking very, very easy to do, make the change very small and show that they'll actually succeed in that, most people will be able to stop smoking cigarettes. The same applies to over-drinking, overeating, not taking enough activity, not sleeping right. Do you not think you're a bit of a killjoy? No, not at all. I think <laughs> you can have a very good quality of life, Ivan, but you just have to do things in moderation. I think that you know everybody does to some degree, but I think some people, you know, as an example, who have heart disease continue to smoke. I think that's, I think that's immoral, personally. Okay. I think that everybody does have a moderate amount of alcohol. You just can't do it all the time. I think that, um, you know, your physical activity is important that you do something, but you don't have to do the extreme. Uh, and I think stress is an important factor to, to manage. I mean, I get several patients in their 30s that come in with heart disease purely because of stress. And the stress alone is the factor. It's not the other things. These kids okay. don't have anything else. Finally, uh, children. You haven't mentioned them. Is there any issue for younger people? I think the issue for younger people, uh, I I did happen to mention just in terms of dealing with the stress at home, I I think it's important for the kids to have a routine of some form. I think, you know, I have three kids of my own. I watch one late teenager spend a lot of time in bed at the moment. I don't think think that's the best. I think they're losing the contact with their own friends, so there's an emotional aspect that really has to be watched. I think at the minute a lot of them are having play dates to interact with their friends, and I do think it's important to get them out and about. And as I said, the other portion is just to keep an eye on what they're eating. I understand a lot of kids are taking up baking with their mothers. Uh, I think they just have to be careful the amount of sugar and everything else that goes into the baking. But I do think it's just important to balance up all those things as much to keep their sanity level. And I think it's really, really important to try and get them back to school on time. All right. So uh, lifestyle medicine uh, physician and behavior designer with all the inherent advice uh, for you to mind your heart 
And if you if you if you do have high cholesterol, if you do have high blood pressure, and you are in that risk group, I suppose the advice is to go see your GP and get a checkup every now and again. My thanks to Dr. Robert Kelly, consultant cardiologist at the Beacon Hospital, for joining me on the couch today. And that's our lot for today's edition of the Hard Shoulder. My thanks to the production team: Mark Simpson, Ashling Moore, Dan Flanagan, Roisin Davis, and Alex Russo. Michael Quilligan was on sound. Off the ball is next. Yes, I'm back on the box tonight at 10pm for the Tonight Show on Virgin Media One and I'll be back here of course tomorrow at 4pm here on News Talk. Have a great evening and thanks for listening.